Hi, this is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Reverend Dr. Lewis Davis, who is the Associate Pastor of Crossville First United Methodist Church. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Lewis. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for letting me be here. Lewis, you are a man of many facets, but I'm going to ask you a simple question to get started. Okay. If you were to describe yourself in three words, what three words would you choose? Oh, <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I try to maybe easygoing. Is that one word? Two words? We'll count okay. that as one word. Okay. It's hyphenated, isn't it? That's right. Yes. So um, I'll probably, you know, I. I would hope to be known as someone of faith. Um, maybe I've been in, um, well, um, funny story. I would probably say mediocre. <laughs> You're the okayest pastor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we had a friend visit one time at the church, and he made a joke to uh, Drew Shelley, the senior pastor, that he wanted to listen to the mediocre sermon and Drew says, well, you're in luck because Lewis preached today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that's been a joke since. That's funny. <laughs> well, with it being Pastor Appreciation Month, well, there are lots of jokes about being the okayest pastor. Exactly. Well, I'm interested in your life. You have a large family, don't you? Yes. Tell us about your family. Yes, I'm uh, married to my high school sweetheart. Um, we just celebrated 18 years. And Congratulations. So, uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, her name's Mary, and we have seven Beautiful daughters, all redheaded daughters. So we're very blessed, and they all all their names begin with A. So we got the A team. What are your daughters' names? We got Abigail and Anna and Eliza and Adeline and and Olivia and Amelia and Ansley. Beautiful. So, yeah. Okay, you have seven children, and you're the pastor, associate pastor of a church. What do Sunday mornings look like at your house? Well, I I often tell folks that it's it's not. It's probably not the happiest place on Sunday mornings. Um, uh, sometimes just because of getting everybody going, uh, I try. I try. I would love to be there early. Uh, sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So that means I have to get the girls up earlier to help. You know, uh, Mary get uh, get everybody going. And and sometimes uh, sometimes I make a mistake because the older girls will get up and they'll get moving themselves, and then they want to go with me. And I say, well, sure. Well, then that leaves my wife with the younger three or four, and that can. That hose her up sometimes, so uh, it it is kind of crazy. I bet it's <laughs> fun moving, though. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Do your girls enjoy the life of the church as well? You know, I think so. Um, I think for the most part, I, they do. I I noticed, um, you know, they're very comfortable. I mean, any church they walk into, you know, it's not not the um, normal or what I, or even for me, very apprehensive a bit. Um, I mean, they, they just go right up, and they they walk around like they know what to do. And so they're very, very comfortable inside the church. Um, and they're really finding, you know, uh, being involved and getting in with the youth group. And they got an amazing youth group there at the church that they're, they're growing in. So it's it's amazing uh, to see that. I'm sure they are comfortable. Right. What are the ages of your girls? Our oldest is 15, and our youngest is turned one. Um, wow. So we've got them spread out about every almost two years, a couple of them. Uh, our oldest two is uh, 15, and Anna's about to turn 14 next month. And so okay. uh, so they're, they're pretty close in age, but uh, about two to three years apart. Yeah, I love big families. Yes. I think that's wonderful. 
how is the best way to start your day when you're juggling a lot of, uh, of personal mm-hmm. life situations and you have a lot of professional responsibilities as well as a pastor, as a father, as a husband? How do you juggle the beginning of the day? Where do you start? Well, I try to probably have to force myself <laughs> to get up a little earlier uh, just to have that quiet time and, uh, you know, the most ideal thing. And it doesn't always happen, unfortunately, but is to, you know, to have some kind of devotion or just to read something or at least to, at least to sit down with nothing else going on and just to think. Um, and so that, that uh, helps. Uh, I tried to get into a habit also of, of walking and exercising a little bit. And uh, so that try to do that in the mornings. And sometimes it's not until a late night. But, you know, that uh, if I had it, if I could do it and force myself, it would be, you know, it's how to have that quiet time in the morning and to get ready for the day and, and exercise and, and get ready. So what's the what is your perspective being the only male in a household with eight women? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's, a lot of people say they feel they feel sorry for me, but um I, I don't know. I'm just very blessed by that. You know, that's, uh, you know, um, you know, it, we can, we can say all different kind of things, but you know, when I stop to think about it, it's like, my goodness, you know, I'm, they're looking at me, you know, and seeing what, what, uh, you know, for later on, I, I told them, I don't like to think about, you know, uh, them looking for a, a you know, um, a man later on, you know, but then that puts a lot of pressure like, oh my goodness, you know, they're, I'm, I'm I'm their guy right now, you know, and that that's uh, when I stop to think about it, that's pretty huge, um, you know. So it, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, they all they all want to take care of each other, and and uh, you know, as they get older, they want to you know help out the best they can with the younger ones, and so they it's it's pretty amazing deal for sure. Lewis, you have a lot of education. Tell us a little bit about your studies. Well. Um, you know, I always, I always told some folks that, um, you know, I, for some reason, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, I just love school, but I was never that great at it. You know, uh, I was going to say I wasn't that good or at it, but, you know, <laughs> you can understand. But, um, yeah, I was able to go to uh, get my bachelor's degree at Martin Methodist College over in, in Giles County. And then, um, and then I went to United for my master's degree, uh, Master in Divinity. And then I thought I was done. And uh, about a years ago uh, my wife and I was kind of at a spiritually low moment in our life and and I was looking into you know just um, we've heard about it the Aldersgate uh, conference what is Aldersgate it is a renewal ministry uh, within the United Methodist Church and it's based out of Gulletsville they got um, it's the arm over there Aldersgate renewal ministries um, and so that uh, we look into that for to go to that conference that year well it was pretty close to the conference time and and with our family, we, we there's no way we could come up with the money uh, for that. And so I was like, oh, I'm almost getting more depressed by that. But I noticed on their website, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, they are partnering with United that I went to and um, for a doctor of ministry degree in supernatural ministry. Um, so I know that might sound kind of scary <laughs> using supernatural, but, it, uh, but it's all dealing with the power of God and, and definitely as we as we think about all the things that Jesus, you know, did throughout uh, the, uh, in the Bible that we know of and throughout history, how the Holy Spirit moved and worked. And so we got to not only talk about historical things, but get to experience that as well. So that Would that great. be the miracles? Those yeah, the miracles of and, um, you know, just, um, 
just anything that we definitely can't do naturally. I mean, on our own for sure. So definitely the miracles that we we know of. Definitely the, um, you know, just where those unexplainable events. You know that, uh, you know, throughout from 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 Bible from the beginning to now. You know, um, uh, just it's been so. That's kind of what we're doing. But uh, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's good. It was a neat thing uh, to be a part of for sure. <laughs> This is The Calling. We'll be right back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're back with The Calling today with Reverend Dr. Lewis Davis from Crossville First United Methodist Church. Lewis, was there a concentration area in your Doctor of Supernatural Studies? Yes, uh, we could, you know, kind of pick out anything that was going on. Um, at the time, we just moved to a, a church that was um, uh, pretty heavy had a great children's ministry going on in youth. And, and so talking with my mentors, we did something with, uh, with the children. We got a group of 10 and 11 year olds and for six weeks kind of went through a little class, I guess you can call it about uh, hearing from God that they can actually not only pray to God, but they can hear from God. And part the neat thing, a part of it, the last three weeks, they were the prayer ministry team at church that they prayed for the adults wow. that came forward and so, um, so that was really interesting for them to see. They were very apprehensive at first. Um, uh, just one quick little funny thing. Uh, after the first time they got to pray with somebody, you know, they, they ended up doing it in groups. They didn't want to do it by themselves, which was fine. So uh, we had three, three boys and, and the rest, I think, about eight girls. And so uh, the three boys were all in one group, and, and they were talking about the next Sunday. I just said, now, don't tell me anybody's names, but uh, can you tell me something they asked you to pray for? And this one boy says, um, yeah, they, this one lady came up and said she wanted me to pray for her finances. I was like, well, that's great. And he goes, I don't even know what finances are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's just kind of the neat thing. Um, they really, I mean, there were some really great stories uh, of what God was able to do through the children. Oftentimes, you know, we might think, well, they're just so cute, you know, with them doing, you know, doing some very important parts, but we forget you know, the power of the Holy Spirit can be on them to minister as well. And so not necessarily ministering to children, but the ministering, the children ministering to others. So that was the whole part of that. And so I, you know, I felt, I still feel kind of guilty that got a doctor of ministry and something that is kind of simple, but, uh, but yet we forget about it, you know, that's the power that children do have and and the faith they have. So it was amazing. So that's great. (laughs) What point in your life did you know that you had a call to ministry? Well, that's great. Um, I, I, growing up, I never really knew exactly what I'd be doing. Um, there again, I, like I said, I loved being in school, but um, never was that great at it. I, I loved sports, but uh, I was never great at that either. Um, but uh, I thought, well, maybe I could be a baseball player, you know, just like that old, one of the dreams that a lot of, a lot of people have and, and I realized, well, I'm not that great at it, so I probably can't go too far. Um, so it, it took a while to realize. Um, when I was about 15, I was a, in a sophomore in high school, and I was walking with some friends one day, and I don't know, just having that feeling that I was supposed to be doing something. And it's hard to really hard to to describe, you know, that. And um, but I had one of my friends actually; it was a girlfriend at the time, uh, and she said. Um, well, what's wrong with you? You don't seem like yourself today. And and these words came out of my mouth. I didn't even, hadn't even thought about or anything like that. But all of a sudden I said, 
I think God's calling me into the ministry. Wow. Um, needless to say, she didn't say my girlfriend very much longer. <laughs> um, she didn't want that. But uh, but that night at the revival, we had a revival service going on at church, and it was um, same thing happened at the very end. The pastor called folks forward if they wanted, you know, wanted to make a decision for the Lord or you know just pray for anything. And all of a sudden, I found myself up there, and my my pastor asking, you know, what can I pray for you about? And those same words came out of my mouth. I didn't understand it. I think God's calling me into the ministry. And at the time, I thought it was music ministry because I was in a band and choir and stuff and uh, didn't realize I really wasn't that good at that either. But uh, but anyway, uh, I just said that. And so for a little while, that was you know the direction. But it wasn't very much longer after that that my grandpa, uh, he was, uh, my grandparents served the church for a long, long time. And I was watching him preach his final sermon of his second retirement at the time. Uh, and it wasn't because of that, but it was just in that moment, I just felt God saying, that's what I want you to do. Now I was, you know, probably another word I can describe myself as shy, you know, never, that's definitely, definitely an introvert. And I thought, I thought, well, that's kind of funny, you know, why God would call me into that. Um, and so, I, but I, after that, it, everything just kind of, you know, fit in, um, you know, and, and just worked in what, what, what I was supposed to be doing. So it's, uh. An amazing, amazing journey for sure. What would you say to a young person in that position today who felt like God was calling? Um, I would say, you know, to to trust that, trust that calling. And you know, the the wonderful thing is that God God sees more in us than we see in ourselves. So many times, and so uh, I would just say, you know, fulfilling that uh, uh, that that would be, you know, to hear that word and to trust that what God is saying. After a short break, more conversation with Lewis Davis. Our guest today on The Calling is Lewis Davis, and he would like to share a motivational moment. All right. One of the things that's been on my heart, I think, for, for a long time, and we, we've probably heard these words before and, and probably know what that feeling is where we don't, um, you know, I, it's, it's amazing that it's been just a little over 20 years since I became a licensed local pastor. And, um, you know, and as I said, you know, I was able to, to really get things going pretty quick and pretty easy. And, and, and some folks, you know, they run from the calling. I said, I accepted it. And then I've been trying to run from it. It seems like, uh, but one of the things that God's had on my heart is, um, is from revelations chapter two. Um, and it's talking about, uh, he's talking to the different churches here and, and especially the church at Ephesus, and and uh, if you if you know that uh, scripture as we read that, they had everything going right. I mean, they a lot of great things happened. A lot of uh, wonderful things were happening. I mean, you know, God was saying, Jesus saying here, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Uh, he even said that he was able. They were able to test those um, who say they were apostles and say they were from God, but were not. Um, so wonderful stuff going um, for this for this gathered body of Christ. But in verse four of chapter two, of the book of Revelations, it says, "Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love." And I think that's where we get at sometimes is that we forget our why. Why we why are we doing this? Um, and and when we forget that, it becomes just something else to do. And when that happens, it just seems like it gets so tiring. You know, the weight of everything is so heavy to carry. But I think as we remember our why, when we remember that first calling, that first instance of God calling us out of something, 
that's just an amazing thing when we can remember why we're doing what we're doing. And so, you know, I just, uh, I just thinking about that is maybe as we're all going through that at times, maybe you're going through that something right now, but, um, you know, we, we can do all these wonderful things for the Lord and all these great things, but we don't, we don't need to forget our why we don't need to forget our first love. Uh, and, and we love Christ because he first loved us. And I just think that's a very important message for us all to remember as we think about our calling, as we think about what God is leading us to do today. We're visiting today with Reverend Dr. Lewis Davis. Lewis, thank you for coming in today and for letting us hear about your calling. You have a wonderful story that is Remember Your Why, and I think we can all resonate with that, and uh, I'm grateful for you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. We end our show each time with the top five questions. This is sort of a rapid round, so I ask you a question, you respond, you do get one opportunity to plead the fifth. Okay. (laughs) So um, it could be any sort of question on any area of life. Are you ready? Uh, I think so. Okay. First question. If you did not sleep, what would you do with your extra time? Spend it with family. Oh, good answer. (laughs) Good answer. Okay. If there were a gag reel of your life, Mm -hmm. what would be on it? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, the girls were asking us what the most embarrassing moment was the other day, and I it's hard to pick just one, uh, but uh, but I do think it was one time in band in a band we were in, we came up to this big part and it was supposed to be a big pause and I just crashed the cymbals right when I was not supposed to. Oh, so that was kind of embarrassing. So that would definitely be on the gag reel. <laughs> Beautiful. If you were going to have a movie made of your life, uh, who would you want to play the part of Lewis Davis? Oh my goodness, that's a great question. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love. Huh. You can play the fifth if yeah, you like. I don't, well, I can't think of. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that would. I would. Brad Pitt. Well, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you were arrested for a crime, what would your girls say that crime would have been? Oh my goodness. Um. Oh wow! Yes. Um, one of them. Well, they keep saying, and we got to tell them, they got to watch out what they say to folks. Because one of them says, uh, I told somebody that uh, my daddy bites me all the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I don't say that. So cannibalism. <laughs> That's right. Must be, must be biting people. So, <laughs> Okay, Lewis, what's the cleanest joke you know? Oh, the cleanest joke I know. Oh. Well, I joke with, uh, we, we, I serve on a Mayus walk sometimes, and they're supposed to be short, clean, and funny, and I usually fail at one of them. But, uh, <laughs> oh, goodness, you got me off a great, a clean joke. Um, goodness, I don't know. I'm going to give you one. Okay. okay. A horse walks into a bar. Yes, I was actually thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> the bartender says, hey, and the horse says, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. You can, <laughs> you can tell it to the kids. Yeah, I can tell that Thank you, Lewis, for being with us today. We've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being on The Calling. I appreciate it.